Tu? Whether you're working in an office, or you're an artist, or you're working on a radio station, yep, you always have haters. A man with no haters is a man who is not perceived as a threat. Is a man content to stay in the same place, being stagnant for 21 years, doing nothing, having no ambition, which is a very bad thing. So. Moving along, moving along, talked about the shows that we did, question mark, but yeah, every good thing has to end, or was it really good? Okay, so um, I was talking to Silva on the phone one day, and he was like, Mode, read your contract. Around this time, Benga was already kicked out of question mark. So the question mark, like, believe it or not, I even have a song about this situation for all you young artists if you're stuck in a contract you can't just jump and say oh, i don't want to i don't want to be in this contract anymore you signed it so you have to find a clever way to get out of it without all the uh, because it can take a, a lot out of you it can change your whole you know your whole steez it can change your whole steez in the industry how people perceive you you know so you have to be clever. You have to wriggle out, slither out like a snake. So Silver told me to read my contract. But I was like, ah, oh, with this big, big English and everything. I had a friend who was a lawyer, but he was always posting me up and down. So one day, right, I took the contract. I called Sage, Sage Hassan, my spoken word maestro. And I was like, yo, Sage, man, let's go through this thing. So we read it. Now, for all those that don't know, the question mark contract was a 12-year contract. So me signing in 2000 and I think I signed in 2005, right? I would have been out in 2017. Jesus. <laughs> okay, but this is how like, I told you guys that in one of the episodes that I just signed it. I didn't even really read it. Because I believe that if anything wants to happen, God was going to yank me out of it. So we read it and it was the initial term is two years, right? So what we signed, they use fancy English to say, you're going to sign an initial term. And after initial term, five separate albums. And each album has the same duration as the initial term. So five albums with each album having the same duration as the initial term, as five albums means initial term is two years. So five albums is 10 years plus two years. And that's 12 years altogether. But, but there was a clause in the contract that says after the initial term, the label has to write the artist saying okay we want to work with you give us a new contract they have to give you a new contract for the other five remaining albums so failure to do so means the label is not interested in working with you so i guess i was out of a label in uh, 
officially out of a label in 2007. And this was like, I think this was like 2008. This was 2008, yeah. You know, because there was a whole period where everything was just question mark. It was just like, everybody was just doing their own thing. There was a whole period, but we were still signed. But if you go do shows, like for the other guys, when they go do shows, they get people calling them like, hey, where's our money? You know, because it, it was still a label, but they weren't really 100% active for the artists. Like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, drag anybody's name in the mud, but this is how it happened, man. And somebody has to tell the story. So, um, yeah, read the contract and we're like, oh, so the label hasn't gotten back to us. And it was, I think it was August 5th or something, August 9th or 5th. So I was like, listen, since August 2007, I've been a free agent. So I just chilled. I just laughed. I was happy. Because I remember back in the day when Question Mark used to do their meetings. We used to do meetings, I think, every Wednesdays. Like the the the, the directors who sit down and meet with the artists. But guess what those meetings were really? They were roasting sessions. They were they were roasting sessions, man. They used to roast the artists, man. Like, you look at you, you don't know how to move on stage. You don't know. That. Yeah, you gotta be on point. Yeah. All those man, they were just roasting. But very nah, I wasn't really at the end of the stick nah I was they didn't really used to to roast me because I came in to question mark with a project under my belt I had experience with other other labels shout out to to payback time records the thing about solo D is that solo D did not even he just told me yo mode go do he just wanted the best for me so he just said go do your thing he could have just said yo mode 9 is legally signed to to me I don't want mode 9 to that he could have done that he could have been petty, but he didn't. He just said, go do your thing. That's why till tomorrow, I respect Solo D. 100%. People complain, why are you always mentioning Solo D? Because respect is earned. And if it wasn't for Solo D, I probably won't be doing this. You guys wouldn't have even heard of Mode 9. So, um, yeah, like I said, the roasting sessions and everything, thinking back, you know, it's kind of really bad. It's demoralizing for the artists when they're always roasting you, making you feel that you can't do stuff. Like you're not doing enough when you're putting in your best man and you're not really getting much out of it you're just getting hype you're getting the name but you're still jumping okada uh flying this thing flying okada and jumping on mulwe <laughs> so there was a there was a time there's this particular story right like this was one of those days that i felt really hurt like i was man like this guy really tried to he tried to really he tried one man he tried it so around the time when I had, you know, some free, just some free time on my hands, I think I'd, I'd recorded, uh, I was recording um, a pluribus unum, but, you know, then I'll come and say, I want to use the session this day. So the, the, the uh, studio wasn't always free. We had to just arrange when we go to the studio, do one song or two songs. So it wasn't always free. And I was like eager to just record stuff. So I was like, listen, I'm gonna record a project with Jonah the Monarch. Question mark was against it, but I was like, man, I just wanna do it, man. Just like, okay, I told them, it's gonna be a mixtape, it's not gonna be the album. And they were like, okay, just keep myself busy, okay, do it. So I was recording that, and I was going in, I was writing bars and just spitting like, I was on fire, like, I didn't want that fire to just, you know, 
So I was just going to Jonah's place at Mopo 20. Sometimes jumping Moluel, entering Moluel, man. I know sent. Get to Mopo 20, that's in Ikeja. I was living at Alaka Estate with uh, them MGB. Shout out to Thoroughbreds. MGB, that's the brain behind, for, for those who don't know, that was one of the brains behind Thoroughbreds, man. The guy that nobody really speak, talks about, but I was there, so I saw how the guy really, really, really influenced the other guys in Thoroughbreds. He was an intelligent guy too. So I'll enter boss, Kumbi boss, or this thing, or Mulwe, sometimes Okada, to go to um, Mopo 20. That's where Jonah had his little studio in one room. <laughs> sometimes I'll meet some boys there recording. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Like Stipe Miocic. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll just be outside waiting, you know, chilling. That was in 2006. This was in 2006, though. We're taking it back a bit. So, recording. I recorded tracks, you know, spitting bars. The bars are crazy. They're different from... Eplorobos Unum was an album where I wanted to make an album because Kevin, like like I told you guys some episodes back, Kevin came to me and he was like, Mode, please make an album that I can sell. And I was like, man, we're done. Say no more. I got this. So I was not trying to spit, you know, I can rap better than you, just spit lyrical, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't that type of album, even though there are a couple of songs like that on that album, but I was trying to do something different. So the Pentium IX album was the album that I was like, was, was a mixtape that I was just going in. So when I record, when I recorded, uh, I think I finished it. So I burnt it on a CD and I gave one to Kevin, two CDs, gave one to Kevin, one to Benga. So now this, this is where the, where the plot thickens. So one day we're in the studio. Now there's a guy called Cyborg. He's like, uh, he's, he's like, he's like the protection. He's like the muscle. Like anybody gets out of line, Cyborg. Pew, 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 pew. You know, but I was cool with Cyborg. Cyborg, me and Cyborg, we got along. We got along. You know, we kind of we're all cool with Cyborg. Cyborg never laid hands on any of us. But you know, he would just say, hey, you know, no, they talk like that. No, they talk like that. You know. So guess what? We're just sitting down and Benga's listening to Pentium IX. And guess what he says? He just hits the table. Bam! No way! There's no way! No way! No way, Mode 9! Mode 9, you did not write these lyrics! It's impossible! You, you didn't write these lyrics! You must have stolen these lyrics from somewhere! Ain't nobody rapping like this! I managed American artists. I've been doing this. I managed UGO. I did this. I did that. There's no way you wrote these lyrics. And Kevin was just there, smiling. Smiling. Now, Benga used to always do some crazy slick bruhaha every now and then. So while he was saying that, I just kept quiet. I think I did. I hadn't finished the album, right? I hadn't finished the album then, uh, Pentamaya. I think I, I, it remained like a couple of tracks. So what nobody knows is, after him accusing me of biting lyrics and stealing my lyrics, right? After him doing that, right? I went back to the studio and in one of the songs on Pentium IX, I dissed him. Yeah. How the hell we gonna be playing for the same team and you gonna be trying to shut me down just so that you can make yourself look good? Because I was shining amongst my peers. Everybody was feeling me like, oh, this is fire, ooh! And then you come and you start making all these allegations. Like, I'm like, dude, man, what's wrong with you? Did you forget to take your meds? 
And that was, wasn't the only time Benga went, you know, that crazy on me, man. That wasn't the only time. I'll tell you what happened one time like this, right? There was a time when I recorded, yes, yes, your question mark, your there's one song, but it didn't make the album because I intentionally just left that track out of the album. Nobody asked, nobody even asked questions. I think Cobans had already left, so the album, the, the track was there on the system, but I didn't even want them to put that track. Question mark. When I say question, you say mark. Question mark. So we recorded that track, right? Everybody was feeling it. Everybody. I think Benga traveled to, to England. Uh, for like two weeks and he came back and then Kevin was so proud he was like Benga listen to this track listen to this track and they played it for Benga when I say question he said and then the, the bars and everything woo, the bars are fire Benga just looks he just looks stop it stop it no 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 Kobams was there <laughs> no this is no 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 Monai I need you to do this verse again. Do it again. This is not, no, 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 no. This is not the mode man. I need the feelings to come out. I mean, this guy was going in on me, man. And you know what? As a wise guy, you just chill. Because I I, I studied this guy. I know this guy. I just chilled. And I told uh, Kobams, all right, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. No problem. Venga, we'll do it again. Ah, cool down. We'll do it again. Yeah. Ah. Okay, he now calmed down. Yeah, you gotta do it again. You gotta be on point. Yeah! Ask Silva Sadi about, you gotta be on point. Yeah! He does it better than me. So, the next morning, right, all Kobams did was, he just added some compression. Because we played him in a mixed song, for goodness sake. He just added some compression. And he did something to the, you know, EQ'd the vocals a bit. Then we called Benka into the studio and we played it for him. And he was like, yeah! This is it! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you just have to know how to deal with people, man. It was just a crazy time. It was a crazy time. Back then, some super weird stuff was just going on and uh, cooler heads prevailed. So I always found a way around certain people's weird behavior. And that's just how it was. So for me to keep my mental health stable, write music, choose beats, and deal with all the BS around me, and you know, rehearse for shows, it was tough. People think that, you know, being an artist, you just, you know, wait for shows and then jump around, spend five minutes on stage, get paid, and then go chill with some honeys. No, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of, times where you're just super frustrated you, you feel that you're not going forward you're not going backwards you're just in the same place even though you're on a label that's supposed to be you know it but hey man we kept it moving man we kept it moving popcorn i'll see you guys next week peace